Shark Buggy. Shark Buggy. Shark Buggy. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Shark Buggy. An old Lincolnshire adjective to describe absolutely anything in a loose, disorderly manner, which tends to be us when we catch up for our weekly chat. My name's Katie Johnson, and my good friend Howard Middleton will join us shortly, but not before we find out what else is associated with the number 63, with it being the 63rd episode. So, possible arrangements of the dots in the Braille system. Years of Queen Victoria's reign and the largest circumference of an orange grown in the garden of Patrick and Joanne Fedler in Fresno, California, on the 22nd of January 2006. At its widest point, the orange measured 63 and a half centimetres, or 25 inches. Wow. When H&I sat down to record Shatbagley, he was getting ready for his train journey to Brighton the following day. And Glyn and I had only just returned from a couple of days away in York, when on the way home, our train broke down. Had that ever happened to him? No, I've been on a train where the heating's broken down, and it was really, really cold. Uh, that wasn't very nice. But no, not where the, the actual train has broken down, I don't think. Mm. don't think so. We hadn't been on long, and it just stopped. And then it got hotter and hotter. Anyway, this very nice young chap came through asking questions. And I said, um, obviously with the engine, whatever. Because he, he said he didn't know what was going to happen. They were going to have to ring people up. The two engines had gone. I didn't realise trains had m more than one engine. So two no. engines had gone. So it spoke as if they had more than two. So I never really got to the bottom of it. Anyway, this chap was walking through and, and saying what was going to happen. And he didn't know. I said, well, just a woman of a certain age you obviously can't put the air conditioning on and you can't open a window. So I was getting a bit anxious about that if I started to heat up a bit. Gosh. Mm. Oh, all did, was did, well. you make, did, you, did you keep calm? I, I, I did. I could, I could feel myself. I kept thinking, just breathe, just breathe. And uh, yeah. anyway, they managed to get us going. Then we had to go to a station to get off to get onto another train. But it was all right. But it was really weird. Bearing in mind the age we are, AI had never, ever been on a train that broke down. And the other no. thing I thought about, I've never done jury service. That's a strange thing to think about. No, I've never done jury service. I'd love to do jury service. Well, I say I'd love to do it. You, you know, they always say be careful what you wish for because it could be a really, really harrowing crime or something, mm. couldn't it? And then you wouldn't. I do love the idea of, of doing it, but no, I've never been asked. Yeah. So it's just funny it's though, strange. the two things. Why would I think of I've never been on a broken down train until I was on a broken down train? But then the other thing that I haven't done is do jury service. I could have come up with so much <laughs> more interesting things. I've never abseiled or I've not, not just wanted to abseil or anything like that. Oh, Howard, I tell you, I did something whilst in York that. Yeah. So, you know, you've hit an age now where you could be a concession so you can get things slightly cheaper. Tourist oh, on, attractions. On the trains, yes. But I also... Can't, I can't get a bus pass yet. No, <laughs> but, but tourist <laughs> attractions you could, couldn't you? Because you're over... Oh, yes. yes. And if we went to the cinema, I think oh, I can now. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I yeah. can't yet. I'm a little bit off. No, but, no. But I thought, well, no one was questioning Glyn that he is over 60 because he I have to say he does... He doesn't look over 60, does he? And I take no, full credit no. for that. Absolute full credit, the fact he looks so well. <laughs> so they weren't questioning. I thought, I'm just going to try something. 
So it was one of these pleasure boats where you go on and have a cruise. And uh, they said, how, how many concessions? Because we went with a couple of pals and Glyn said, oh, I'm, I'm over 60. And I said, there's two of us <laughs> like that. Yeah. Kind of me, somebody, I hope somebody would go, no, no. And I would <laughs> laugh it off. But they didn't, did they, Howard? Oh, no. They did. I thought you were going to say, you quickly put your hair up in bunches and tried to get in for child's rape. <laughs> so I was able to go over 60s. Mm, oh. And, uh, and then the couple of friends with us, the, 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 the female friend, she is the same age as me. And I went, hey. You know, we could have we could have had even cheaper and she said i'm never doing that even when i am over 60 i'm going to pay full whack because i refuse to be over 60. <laughs> my, my auntie olive did that did she, she? Always, she never she would never admit how old she was yeah so she would do things like that she didn't get a bus pass because <laughs> how funny I know. Jeez. Yeah, so I tried it, and then uh, they thought I was a real rebellious because yeah, I'd done this. Basically, I'd fibbed, yeah. hadn't I? I'd fibbed to get a cheaper ticket. Not quite sure well. what, what would happen if they'd, they'd asked for any proof. <laughs> but they didn't with Glyn, so I thought I'd try it. Okay. Well, I have to say, though, I think the portrayal of, of more mature people has improved over the years, hasn't it? You know, when, they, when you look at things like Specsavers and things like that, the adverts for over 60s eye tests and what have you, some of them look quite trendy. Mm. So you think, oh, that's good, rather than the, the kind of picture of older people with like a, a flat cap and a, and a stick and what have you. I think, yeah, uh, maybe. I think it has changed a bit. Yes, think hopefully. you're right. Yeah. But hey, got me three pounds off. <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah. uh, I tell you what, though, they say about this thing about being over look in your age uh, you know they say blueberries are very good for you are they oh my mum yes. eats a lot of blueberries well yeah. i've eaten blueberries every morning with my porridge for for years i can't remember years and years and years and years so they're obviously not doing the trick are they if they've been passed of course over. they are <laughs> but i love my blueberries but they're supposed to be good they're supposed to be one of these superfoods yeah I like a few blueberries. They're very high in vitamin C, aren't they? Uh, they're supposed to be very good for you. I was having a look at Nancy Shaw's Food for the Greedy. We've looked at it before, mm. but we've not exhausted it, which is good. And I was just kind of moseying through, and I saw a couple of recipes for something called White Devil. Ooh. Have you ever heard of White Devil no. before? No. It's a sauce, right? Mm. <laughs> Basically... What you do is you whip up some cream and then spice it with lots of different things like some chilli pepper and uh, uh, mustard and things like that. She's got a very confusing way of describing it because she says, pour over chicken or game, which should be already heated through. Right. right. Bake in a quick oven for five minutes, serve with boiled rice. Note, the game or chicken is already cooked. And so she's sort of thought, maybe I need to tell them <laughs> that not only have I warmed it through, I've cooked it before. So it's basically a way of using up leftovers. There's two recipes for this white devil. Mm. So I had a look whether there was any other reference to this white devil sauce. 
and came across this website called British Food in America, mm. uh, which is quite interesting, actually. It's, it's a group of, of people who, some of who are in America and some of who are in the UK, I think, who just look into British food, its origins and recipes and things like that. And they've said that they got a recipe for white devil sauce from Jane Grigson, sounds very similar and then you go on reading it and it says ever screw well i can't say this word ever scrupulous scrupulous <laughs> scrupulous i can say a word you can't i know At i last. didn't know i couldn't say scrupulous scrupulous mm. ever scrupulous mrs grigson in turn credits nancy shaw for the original version huh. so she's got it from the same book that i got got it from um, but the other interesting thing that is within this recipe is something called a tablespoon of Harvey. Oh, so, Harvey? Yeah, tablespoon of Harvey or similar sauce. So I'd never heard of Harvey sauce no. either. So have you looked it up? I have looked it up because <laughs> otherwise we wouldn't have anything to talk about. <laughs> Sauce. It's a, a recipe that's on another website called Foods of England Project, uh, which sounds quite interesting, actually. So it says Harvey sauce, also known as Lazenby sauce. It's an English piquant sauce sauce. I don't know why you've got to put sauce twice, but a rotten fish sauce Ooh. based on anchovies. Ooh. Harvey's seems to have originated the use of bright orange as a label colour for such sauces, still seen on Watkins, Henderson's and most brands of Worcester sauce. It's said to have been invented in 1760 by Peter Harvey, owner of the Black Dog Inn in Bedfont, Middlesex. Uh -huh. um, he was imitating a sauce devised by the mother of Captain Charles Cumbers, one of his customers. Now, a certain London grocer, uh, Mr. Lazenby, offered to buy the rights to it, but was refused. However, he obviously didn't give up. He later married Harvey's sister, Elizabeth, and Harvey gave them the recipe as a wedding present. No. That's quite, yes! Well, I hope they, <laughs> I hope they stayed together and it wasn't just using for said re recipe. Yeah, I know what I'll do. I'll mar marry his sister and see if I can get the recipe <laughs> that way. But yeah, apparently it's really, really, it's no longer stocked anywhere, but there is a, a recipe for it. It is all six anchovies in a pint of strong vinegar, which sounds very sharp. And add to them three tablespoons of what they call India soy, which we now call soy sauce. Mm. Three tablespoons of mush mushroom ketchup two heads of garlic and a quarter of an ounce of cayenne pepper. Ooh. Add sufficient cochineal powder to colour the mixture red. Uh, let all these ingredients infuse in the vinegar for a fortnight, shaking it every day, then strain and bottle it for, for use. Let the bottles be small and cover the corks with leather. I don't know why. That's quite specific, isn't it? First example of Harvey's sauce comes from Eliza Leslie's Directions for Cookery in its various branches, published in London during 1840. So she's mashing her anchovies in vinegar and adding uh, mushroom ketchup, soy sauce, garlic, cayenne pepper, exactly the same. And some cochineal, which is ground bug shell, 
So they're suggesting skip the cochineal. Keep it a couple of weeks and give it a daily shake. Play I might have a go at it, do you know? I think I think it might, might be interesting to see what it's like. Maybe avoid a wooden spoon doing it. Do you think? Oh. Is it going to stain well, the spoon? And yeah. also it'll, it'll taint with the smell as well, though, won't it, with all those anchovies? So you definitely oh, use yes, silicone. Oh, yes, that's true. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. oh. You won't be popular. And then if it's really good, yeah. you could then become Howard's sauce. This is maybe uh, another sideline we could do, Shaq Bagley sauces. Shaq Bagley sauces. <laughs> 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 uh, hey, I'll tell you what I did in, in York, though. Hitting a certain age, your body goes a bit, doesn't it? Especially us girls. So I thought, right, I'm going to have a bra fitting. So, oh. yeah, because you don't really get bra fittings around where we are. They'll do it, but it's quite a distance away and whatever. So I thought, right, I'm going to have a bra fitting. Anyway, I did the research and uh, there was a huge reviews for this this particular lingerie shop in York. So I said, right, I'm going to have my bra done. So my friend said, well, I'll come with you, you see. Anyway, you expect, don't you? What's the one thing you expect somebody to measure you does have on their person? Well, I know what you're going to say. You're probably going to say a tape measure. Yes, but they don't, because my sister works in a bra shop, and apparently she does it. Yes, when she does it by, yes, by eye. And this, I said, by to, eye. I yeah. said to her name, her name was Lulu. Where? <laughs> it's good. It's good to know that she's got a career after the music industry's gone a bit. So I said to Lulu, "Oh, where's your tape measure?" She said, oh, no, she says. And I said, I'll just look at you. And all I could yeah. think of to say, Howard, was... <laughs> Do you remember that film? <sighs> oh, what film was it? The Sixth Sense. That one, it says, I see dead people. Dead people, And that's yes. all I could think of to say. I said, oh, so you don't see <laughs> dead people, you just see women's bosoms. That's all I could think to say. Anyway, so she said, yes. <laughs> so I've been bra-fitted by sight. Anyway, fair dues, Howard. I bought myself a couple of bras. In fairness, Glynn's bought me a couple of bras. No, I was surprised when my sister told me that, that they do it by eye, yes. Well, did she explain how? Does she get training? I think they do get training. I think they must do. They must have, like, it must be like a sort of identity parade and they have to sort of... <laughs> they have to judge the size of... Uh, I don't know why I'm holding my hands no, up like... this is worrying. <laughs> this, put your hands down, Howard. You don't know what you're talking about when it comes to that. <laughs> but that's fascinating. Does she enjoy doing it? Yeah. No, absolutely. No, she loves doing it. it yeah, because be she was working at the, at the branch in Brighton and now she's moved up to the branch in, um, in Glasgow. So, oh. yeah. yeah. No. She was one of their models for one of the campaigns. Yeah. Mm. So, gosh, my, anyway, my, uh, my nieces were horrified when they saw that we <laughs> with a bra <laughs> with just a bra on in bright. Well, I've come across something and I really don't know what it means or how to pronounce it. It's not right. preface or anything, but would you know how to pronounce this word? So, are you writing this down? I will write it down, yes. D E C, no, no, D. D <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're doing this again. We we can't quite hear each other. Is it D? Let's, D. let's do it in bra cup size. Yes, it's right. D. 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 Yeah. E. 
B. I don't think they've got a cup size in L. No. So it's D-E-L-I-N-E-A-T-O-R. T-O-R. Delineator. What's that mean? Is that, I don't know, but I've heard of it. Well, like a deline delineation? Is the book out the new delineator recipes? New delineator recipes? Mm. I don't know what a delineator is. No. I wonder if it's a... Uh, oh, let's, have a, let's see if we can find out what a delineator is. Well, you have a look, because I've gone through this I'll book have a look. and I've picked up a couple of ones I like. Well, I say I like, it just intrigues me with both the name and, and how it possibly would taste. I have to say there was something called Russian sandwiches and I thought, no, in our quest to support Ukraine, we're not going to even mention that. So I'm moving on to page 111 with mashed sweet potato caramel, Howard. Oh, oh, Delineator was a magazine at oh, one was point. Was it? Oh, right. Yes, yeah, so it could be a kind of spin-off from that. Yes. Which country was that in then? It wasn't in the UK. The reason I say it wouldn't have been in the UK because there's no way that we would have had sweet potato recipes back in the day. No, this the website that I've found is actually a, a, a kind of poster and picture website and what they've got is got they've got framed images of the cover of Delineator magazine. So from the nineteen twenties. So I presume it is a an American magazine, I would think. It sounds a bit American, doesn't it, Delineator? Mm. But doesn't this yeah. sound lovely? Mashed sweet potato caramel. Would you like me to tell Ooh. you the ingredients? Oh, I would. So, we've got two cups of mashed sweet potato. We have milk. We have pepper and salt. Half a cup of maple syrup. Syrup spelt with an I in those days. Oh. And quarter of a cup of butter. So it's leftover sweet potatoes, baked or boiled, may be used for this dish. Mashed potatoes, add sufficient milk or cream to make a smooth, soft paste. Season with pepper and salt. Put in a well-greased casserole or baking dish suitable for serving at a table and pour in thick maple syrup, which has been boiled with butter. Bake until the top begins to caramelise. Oh, that sounds lovely. Oh, that sounds nice. Because sweet potatoes can be a bit watery, can't mm. they? So I, I do like the idea of kind of getting them Back to that sort of thing with butter and maple syrup. Mm. And then I found, and I know it's ridiculous, but it just says mock cherry pie. And all I can think <laughs> of is, nah, you're not real cherries. You're not real cherries. Oh, how cruel cherries can be. <laughs> so instead of using cherries, use cranberries. Right. Why don't they just call it cranberry pie? I don't know, but it's a mock cherry pie. <laughs> but it just tickles me when it said mock cherry pie. I tell you what, though, saying, thinking about maple syrup, I wonder if it's Canadian. Oh, Delineator magazine. Here we are. The Delineator was an American women's magazine of the late 19th and early 20th centuries, founded by the Butterick Publishing Company in 1869 under the name The Metropolitan monthly its name was changed in 1875 it's published on a monthly basis in new york city uh, so, oh. and the cookbook i've just discovered was 1929 yeah wow. it seemed to be a good year i mean that's when they've got a lot of their very popular um covers as well from the late 1920s. Yes, it says in the late 1920s, it featured covers by the noted fashion artist Helen Dryden, uh, ceased publication in 1937. Mm. Oh. 
I've got a new name for an Agatha Christie character on page 183, Veranda Punch. (laughs) 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 Juice of three lemons, juice of two oranges, three quarters of a cup of syrup, sugar syrup, tea infusion, cup of tea infusion, pint of ginger ale and one pint charged water. What did we say was charged water again? Charged water. Charged. Oh, charged water. Mm. What do we say that was? That's how the electricity goes through. Is it slightly? That'd be a bit worrying. Slightly bubbly. It? <laughs> it would, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, I think that's that's how Veranda Punch uh, killed <laughs> off her victim. <laughs> charged water, meaning. Negatively charged water is water that has a negative electrical charge. That does not help at all. Charge comes from electrons, negatively charged. Oh, it doesn't mean anything, darling. Put the wires in the water. I don't want water. Is it like ionised? What's ionised water that you're supposed to put in? Oh, your in, iron. In your iron, I think. Oh, what was I don't that? know. Do, you used to aren't put it we in coming your... across today as if we don't know very much? <laughs> we often come across like that, darling. Kidding. Yeah. Because it used to have to put it in your iron, which I don't think you need to do anymore. And also, do you remember you used to put it in your car battery? Oh, no, you wouldn't know about your car battery. Cause no, because I didn't have a car. Oh, I had a dream. About, and my dad was driving this car last night. Oh, oh yeah. And it's so strange because I was in the front seat and he was driving from the back, which is not the way, <laughs> even I, with my limited knowledge of cars, knows, <laughs> knows that's not the way that the setup is. <laughs> And my mum was saying to him, just put the brake on, put the brake on if you're not feeling very well. <laughs> I think you know, I just want to get out of this car. Oh, I'm just going to ask Glenn a question. What is charged water, please, Glenn? Any ideas? You have to pay for it. No, <laughs> no neither was no. Sounds a bit technical. It does a bit technical. That... Well, it says, how do you make water charge? Mm-hmm. It does sound like it's something in a cracker, this, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, put the wires in the water, set the 9-volt battery next to the bowl, then drop the ends of the wires into the bowl and leave them there. After a while, bubbles will begin to form. It will take some time for the water to bubble up, and the water will have a negative charge as long as the bubbles are present. But what's the point of it? I don't know. I don't know what it is. If you bother to leave this little bit in the podcast someone will respond i'm sure okay i'll tell you what i've brought back from york and we're having them for tea fat rascal oh from betty's mm. yeah now you'll know what a fat rascal is can you explain to our listeners who maybe don't know well, what it is a cross between a cookie and a scone i would say mm-hmm. uh it like a sort of slightly flat rock cake isn't it and they're decorated with cherries and nuts, I think. Do they have some almonds on as well? Yeah. And um, to give them a sort of smiley face. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very popular. And if you do head to Betty's in in Yorkshire, because are are there tea shops all in Yorkshire? There's one in Harrogate. Well, there's a big one in Harrogate, the one in York. Harrogate, York. Is there a Betty's in Leeds? I don't know. I think there's a Betty's in Leeds. Yes, it is. There's a Betty's in Leeds. Because it's never really thought about it. Do we know who Betty was? No, I've just put Betty in and it's come straight up with Betty White. Oh, oh no, that's not what. 
So Betty's is very famous, and if you do go to uh, certain towns, the big towns in York, you will come across it. And you always get lots of tourists, don't you, queuing round. Oh, yeah. It began with a man called Fritz Butzer, who later became Frederick Belmont Howard, a Swiss orphan who travels Europe learning his trade as a confectioner, baker and chocolatier, until one day he embarks a boat to England to pursue his dream. And he arrived in 1907, intending to work on the south coast, but he boards the wrong train, ends up oh. in Bradford, and he finds work in the city at a Swiss-owned confectioner's, Bonnet and Sons. And then he moves around Yorkshire, styling himself as F. Belmont, chocolate specialist, before settling in Harrogate, and Frederick Belmont is born, and basically opened the very first Betty's Cafe in Harrogate uh, in 1919. And the takings for the first day were £30, which in those days would have been huge, 1919. And no one knows why it's called Betty's. There's a no couple of, No, there's a couple of possibilities, but nobody knows. So, um, and then he died in 1952, did Frederick. He died in his office at Betty's in Harrogate. And his nephew, Victor Wilde, became the managing director only aged 29. Good Lord. Oh, gosh. Yeah. There never was a... A Betty who founded it or anything like no. that. No. But isn't that Astrid? amazing? Goes on the wrong yeah. train. And yes. That's a phenomenal story. That what is... could happen to me tomorrow on the way to Brighton? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I think you'd somehow find your way back up north, wouldn't you? But I, <laughs> while I was in York, you know, you like to see what the local news are doing. I couldn't help yeah. but have to see. And Howard, this is a true story. This is this. I'm just going to read it out. York Council to rule on whether to allow alcohol at an axe throwing centre. I know what that. I know what we're thinking, but I can understand that. <laughs> so they're obviously. I, I didn't even know there were axe throwing centres. I mean, I would say I need to get out more, but if if an axe throwing centre was the only thing I could go to, I think I'd stay at home. <laughs> I don't like the idea. But they must have a bar, as, or, or the, the, the proposal is for them to have a bar, is it, at this axe throwing centre? Yeah, it's a fun day out, apparently, for all <gasps> ages. Yeah. But there's an on-site no. cafe, and they're just deciding whether they should have a, I suppose, give them a license for it. Yeah, yeah. But you can you can go and axe throw in the York area, just like the Vikings did. You're going to use coal, steel, tomahawk throwing axes. Oh, I don't think I'd want Oof. that for you. Oh my lord! Here at our venue, we let four to eight people throw at once. <laughs> I'm hoping in really? the same direction. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think so. Oh, gosh, well, I don't like the idea. I really don't like the idea. They offer... Have you ever thrown an axe? No. No. Nothing that would appeal to me. I struggle with darts. It's apparently... I used to be quite good at darts. Did you? Yeah. Good. Darts I'm not bad at. Oh. I'm just going to see if they've got a, a York um, axe throwing in Sheffield. <gasps> got a Betty's in Sheffield, and it's nothing like Betty's in. <laughs> It's just somebody that, that's got a cafe called Betty's. So <laughs> Howard, you've got a battle you've got something in you you've got something in Sheffield. Welcome to Sheffield's Axe Sighting. See what they've done there. Yet yeah, slightly crazy leisure activity. Urban axe throwing. 
Listen to this. Ever played darts? Who hasn't, right? Well, this is darts, but with axes. This is you. This has got you written all over think? it. <laughs> Every mum says, what do you fancy doing for your birthday? <laughs> well, shall we go and throw some axes? I mean, can you imagine it? Oh, God. The mum partially sighted and Peter's competitive as heck. It's like, no, <laughs> it's a recipe for disaster. How is mum? I think after we'd, we'd spoken last week, she had a COVID jab. All uh, right, yeah. Went up to, yeah, that was exciting. We went into the recep, you know, the uh, reception area at, at the doctor's mm. surgery. And um, I, I went up to the counter and uh, I said, my mum's come for a COVID booster jab. Her name's Edna June Middleton. She says, oh, yes, but it's June. We've got, got it down that she prefers to be called June, doesn't yeah. she? Aww. So I said, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, <laughs> I said, oh, that's really nice now that they've, they've managed to get that on their records. And then uh, various people are being called in. Oh, oh what, what was that? I think it was Kitty Whittlesworth. <laughs> And uh, we just thought, it's oh, a fantastic name, Kitty Whittlesworth. Yeah. I love that But anyway, name. Kitty went to it. Kitty. Yes. <laughs> and then they, they came out for mum, Edna Middleton. And it's like, well, that was short-lived, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, June is definitely not an Edna. And don't you just love the sound of Kitty? If you do ever find yourself in Betty's, their fat rascals are gorgeous. They've been making the plump fruity scones for over 30 years now, so they certainly know what they're doing. And I'll pop a picture on our Facebook and Instagram pages of the ones we bought, just to give you an idea of what they look like. And don't forget, you can always message us on there, or if you prefer, podcast at theshatbaggerly.co.uk on email. So that's it for another week. Thank you for listening, and see you next time. Now then, blueberries. How many to eat to reduce the signs of ageing?